You're listening to the Outside by Design podcast, made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Blurring the lines between work and play, whether your office is in a pickup truck at a trailhead or in a skyscraper, we're connecting you to others who think like you do. Joining us today is Jason Forrest from Whitefish Mountain Resort. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing incredible. Awesome. So what's your job title up there? Um, I am officially the sales manager, so I oversee both our central reservations department and our group sales department, and one of the members of our small sales and marketing team. That's a pretty small team up there. Give me a little background about yourself. <laughs> Start from, from day one of day Jason one. Forrest to right now. I was born in 1978 in a small town called Hampton, Virginia, at Mary Immaculate Hospital, <laughs> uh, December 30th. The, uh, apparently the boat horns were ringing uh, in the new year while the my mom was home, yeah, you know, right on Chesapeake Bay. Um, yeah, I grew up in a small town in Virginia, uh, literally grew up with like boats in the backyard, water, totally like marsh fishing, great, you know, classic America, small town, just beautiful place, and grew up, grew up there in a small town. You know, that's like way back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wrestled through high school, kind of traditional sports, uh, but growing up on the ocean, growing up on the water, I started surfing at a very young age. I don't even really remember like starting surfing, but uh, I didn't really surf until my brothers were 16 because we, we were about 30 minutes from the beach. So once my brothers were old enough to drive, like I would get in the cars with them and go surf. Um, I remember those days for sure. And then once I got my license, it was like game on. You know, pretty much every day after school, I would drive to the beach and go surf. And amazingly, uh, you know, this is like 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, whatever. I would go mountain biking too. Somehow I got into mountain biking, which is really weird for like a kid from the beach. And so I would literally either drive to Virginia Beach to surf or drive to Williamsburg, Virginia and go mountain biking on a GT Altera Tequesta hardtail, <laughs> hard front fork. I bought it because it had the best components. It was sweet. Nice. Yeah. So that was pretty much like my childhood, right? It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Then what? Um, great question. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, summers in high school, this is crazy. My mom's brothers moved to Alaska in the early 1970s. And uh, every year of high school, after my sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, I went and worked in Alaska, believe it or not. And I worked at my uncle's wilderness lodge. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's what these <laughs> things are for. Yeah. yeah, so I went up there for three summers, and that kind of, a, I would say that would be the catalyst for what my lifestyle looks like today probably i mean i worked with like the first woman to solo climb mount mckinley like right alongside with her just some really incredible people and we were uh, at a wilderness lodge you could only get to by boat or plane i mean i cleaned fish i cleaned toilets i did whatever you know it was pretty incredible so that kind of those that's kind of like the background i guess is that what you're looking for yeah i no, know right. yeah so Finished school, moved on. What what kind of jobs do you have leading up to working at Whitefish here? That kind of made you want to get into the snow industry or That's, involved in it in some way. Yeah, this is actually awesome because uh, so I grew up in the surf and skate industry. I grew up. That's what I grew up doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I went to college. I got a degree in recreation management. I actually guided some uh, some stuff in, in college, just real basic like kayaking trips in North Carolina and backpacking trips and some rock climbing and stuff um but pretty much lived at the beach and the beach is all about retail like total retail world um and i did i did do some kayak guiding and some stuff like that um but basically fell into retail and then 
from there, the next step from retail is sales rep, right? So I became an outside sales rep for um, about eight different um, surf and skate brands um, and spent a few years doing that. But the surf and skate industry, unless you're willing to like go and work in-house for a company, in my opinion, didn't really have a lot of upward mobility. And I got kind of tired of the road game with being a sales rep, you know, basically, you know, constantly driving a big truck, using gas, selling stuff. I just wasn't that into it. So um, that's, I identified like ski resort industry world is like, wow, that's a super cool potential. You know, like that's like a year round thing. They've got lodging, they've got all this stuff. Um, so I'd identified that that was a, something I'd potentially be interested in doing. Um, and then obviously the quick story short on it is that I met Abby, my wife. Hey, Abby. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Um, and instantly knew that I did not want to travel anymore, that I wanted to be with her. And I didn't want to like just be on the road all the time as a rep, right? So we pretty much got married within a year of no meeting and uh, decided I had a crazy wrist injury. Did you guys know about this one? No. Yeah, I had this crazy wrist injury from skateboarding. I mean, I was working for Independent at the time, you know, just skating with, like, Darren Everett and just, like, totally skating all the time. And I had this wrist that was sprained for, like, a year. And I just thought it was sprained. And uh, what actually was is I had blown up and destroyed some bones in my wrist. And so I had to have them removed. I had this thing called a vasculocarpectomy. And so I can't move my wrist. Oh. Like, I don't have as much motion can in my you, wrist. Can you do a cartwheel? I could probably do a cartwheel, but like a push-up's really hard for me, so I couldn't surf. Like, so literally the doctor's like, you're not going to be able to surf for like a year. So me and Abby got married, we were actually going to, we'd gotten hired to be surf resort managers in Ecuador. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, so we basically ended up uh, being like, all right, well, we can't surf. Let's try snowboarding. So we got in the car five days after we got married and moved to Whitefish. And that was nine years ago. Have you awesome. been here before? Nope. How'd you pick whitefish? Um, the, so, basically, in my experience as being a rep, I had been fortunate enough to have sales trips um, to Utah. I'd uh, been to Colorado for some reason. Why the heck had I been to Colorado? I don't remember. But I'd been to Mammoth when I lived in San Diego. And I just kind of knew, like, all those places that I'd been, Colorado, Utah, that it was going to be really hard to live there, you know? And, uh, like, you wouldn't be right at the hill. Or, and I did some research and talked to people. And I was like, all right, can we go live in Salt Lake? Well, uh, no, we don't want to do that. Um, and I, Abby's aunt and uncle actually live in Columbia Falls. And so her cousins were raised in West Glacier. And so we had a little bit of a safety net there. And uh, we found a house on Craigslist. And basically the mountain had just changed from – Big Mountain to Whitefish Mountain Resort. So I was like, wow, something's happening there. You know, like there's some, some things going on. Let's, let's go check that place out. The big reason why we chose Whitefish, all those things combined, was the snow bus. Because we knew, <laughs> we knew that we were going to drive here, rent a house. We had no idea what we were going to do for jobs. And we're like, okay, if you get a job on the hill and Abby, you got a job downtown, well, no matter what, we can both get to work with a free bus and have one car. 
So that was kind of a catalyst. That's right. Yeah. That is awesome. You love the snow bus. I love the snow bus. Yeah, Jason's on the snow bus all the time. For those listeners that don't know, it's a free bus in Whitefish that runs all throughout town and drops you off right literally next to the lifts. Yeah, and it's totally free. Yeah. It's epic. Like, I don't drive in the winter. It's so good. I love it. It is good. And now you have a half pipe in your backyard, a mini ramp. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I wish I skate. I should skate it more. You know, I just... Um, obviously with Naya, our six month old, you know, we're just home. And so it's really fun to have and be there. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Made a little backyard paradise. It is pretty sweet. Yeah. And you're growing veggies. I love gardening. I do. <laughs> I'm a weird, I do. I just love it. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Tell us what you do on the mountain. Um. And why you find it satisfying. So my role in the mountain, obviously, as sales manager, you know, I oversee um, the lodging sales world um, and the group sales world. Honestly, I manage people, and I really like that. That's a crazy challenge, you know. Um, I have a full-time year-round staff of just six people. It's not huge, but I manage really smart people, you know, that are constantly pushing me. And, um, you know, it's really good to have that kind of a staff that's trying to do more with their careers. And so trying to stay a step ahead of them and, and you know, help them out is, is really great. Um, and then I have two seasonal staffs that come in, staff members that come in. Um, but yeah, basically I'm in charge of selling lodging and selling lift tickets um, to groups and individuals. Um, it's just challenging. You know, they're a small team up there. We're a big resort. You know, so there's not many of us. So we have our hands on a lot of different stuff. You know, they have everything from like getting a call from a downtown hotel that wants some lift, some, you know, trail maps to display you know we just you just never know it's it's crazy like today i was on the phone for, with somebody for 45 minutes yeah booking hair lodging you just do what you can yeah it seems like you have to wear a lot of different hats kind of working at any my experience working in ski resorts yeah and i like that you know i also like that uh you know you're not bound to the office by mm-hmm. any means you know um i'm definitely in an excel spreadsheet rate percentage you know statistics and analysis of revenues and you know, ADRs and all I'm deep in that you know uh-huh. <laughs> big tough you know I can run all kinds of reports <laughs> to make decisions you know and yeah. that's one yeah. thing I do like is like people come to me and ask a, a question and I like I don't just make a decision based off my gut I have to like look and be like alright how is that room type doing during this period no yes let's discount more or not or tell that person to stick it because we're going to sell that shit otherwise you know what I mean? So, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. My favorite thing about you, after knowing you for a few years, is that you never, ever, ever run out of Stoke. Ever. Ever. Stoke's like a flame. It's so just where infinite. Does, yeah, where does that come from? I don't know. Why would you not be stoked? I mean, look at us. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, we're here. We're alive. We have beautiful lives. Um, healthy and my kids are insane. I love them. Yeah, why would you not be stoked? I mean, it's up to you how stoked you want to be. You know? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just read a really interesting book on positivity. Um, I wish I could remember the title of it. Um, I'll have to share it with you guys, but it is awesome. Put that in the show notes. Yeah, the show put, notes. put that one in the show notes. I'll, I'll find out for you. But yeah, I mean, even like you say I'm stoked, but I even, I struggle with being negative sometimes. You know, everybody does. And I've, I've read that book and it was awesome to be like, you can change your life by being positive and speaking positivity. You really can. It's like statistically science proven that. Science proven. Science, proof, science proven. <laughs> proven by science for sure. 
So you've been at the resort here for a little while and working in some other action sports, kind of centric jobs, mm -hmm. pretty much your whole life. Um, do you have any noticeable changes you've seen take place over your, the course of your career? I mean, obviously the way people research and dream about vacations would be the biggest thing for us, you know, like um, the social space, the media space, the marketing space of like how people discover a location, how people research a location, you know, how people reach out to their networks to actually find out what to think about somewhere, you know, um, people are not traditional media has, has really been flipped over. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm super in deep on that, but I, I see it. Um, but yeah, I'd say that would be the biggest thing. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, reviews and people looking out for their Facebook friends to be like, Oh, what did you think about this place? I mean, you, people, there's so much information out there now mm -hmm. that people need to hear something from somebody they trust to believe it. I feel like, you know, that they want to be like, oh, Dan liked that on Instagram and hashtag that and he's stoked on Spencer. So why wouldn't I go ride Spencer? Because Dan and Lisa are stoked on Spencer. You know, it doesn't take, it's not enough to see a cool photo of, you know, Spencer trails here in Whitefish to be stoked on it. You got to be like, what's up? You know? Yeah. Because there's so much information. I think that it's hard to get through that. Yeah, and I mean, you look at some of the crowdsourced review sites like TripAdvisor and how they've absolutely exploded and they have like a staggering amount of power in the market yes. for influencing people to go different places and steer them one to one property over another and Correct. things like that. So. Correct. Yeah, so that's that's been a big challenge. That's actually one of my big challenges right now on the mountain that I'm trying to enact is a is a more real real time communication prospect with our surveys and customers. You know, it's. It's tough, you know, we get these surveys we've been doing forever, but like, what do you do with that information, mm -hmm. right? Like, we're a big comp we're a big, com big company with a lot of customers, but not a lot of people. Yeah. How do we talk to that person who's put in a TripAdvisor thing that said they're super pissed, yeah. you know? So that's one of my challenges right now. They should just go snowboarding with you for the day, and then they <laughs> wouldn't be pissed anymore. Yeah, I mean, a that's a great, like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, yeah. that's the one thing I think about, like snowboarding on ice whatever it's still... i know i'll see you out on the worst day and you're like this is awesome it's the best just day like ever jibbing everything yeah well you just gotta change it up yeah. do you know like uh it's pretty funny i think about this um because i was a surf guide in samoa for a few years and like every wave i got i i but my boss i remember would be like dude did you just claim that was the best wave of your life i was like yeah because <laughs> it totally was that was like the sickest way I've ever caught. Did you see that thing? Totally. We got tubed on that. Yeah, it's nuts. What do you think the most challenging part of working for Whitefish Mountain Resort is? Um, Timelines for things. And that's, this is great. Like, I was thinking about this podcast and like questions in relation to this. Like, because I'm not an entrepreneur. Like, I have ideas and I'd love to be an entrepreneur, but I'm not, you know? Um, I totally work for like, I don't want to say a corporate company, but I do work for a company that I have people that are checking me on my decisions, which for me is really good. Like, I'm not good financially. Like, I ch that's a hard thing for me. So, not being like, why do we not have a welcome arch at the base lodge? Like, this big welcome <laughs> arch. Like, you're killing me. Like, we need a sense of arrival. Like, come on, guys, let's build this thing. Like, let's do it. You know, people show up, they don't even know they're here. You know? 
And like that <laughs> shit just takes years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a $60,000 project, Jason. Yeah, like we have yeah. to put it in a budget and put it in an operational timeline and get permits for the city road. And like, so that's really good for me. You know? Hoverboards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's totally like, um, it's really good for me to work in a, uh, on that timeline and to work on annual budgets. You know, we have basically two budget seasons. We have a winter and a budget season and mm-hmm. to be like, okay, like my employee needs a new monitor. Well, that wasn't budgeted, so we're not going to get that till November. You know, like, yeah. it's just the deal, you know? So it's tough, but it's good for me. It's really good for me. To, to have, have you ever started a business or owned a business yes. in your life? Yes. 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 What? Yeah. Um, so uh, I actually ran a surf school on the Outer Banks of North Carolina um, called Foundation Surf School. And it was actually a, a biblically-based surf school, and we did, like, a week-long camps with kids and we did bible studies over lunch and stuff and it was awesome it was super successful um but i'll be honest and i'm tooting my own horn a little bit here but i think we're just a little bit ahead of our time um at that point there was really no one in the country except for a few instructors in california that were actually certified so in every other sport there's like certified instructors you know like you get your level one level two level three whatever that didn't exist really at that time in surfing. So insurance was really hard for us. And we were trying to be legit. Like we really wanted to be legit and like be covered and have it done right. And insurance was just crushing us. And uh, my partner and I, we did it for about three summers. And it was super awesome. I'm actually still in touch with like some of the kids. And it's really cool. I actually got a, a Facebook message just totally randomly from this girl, uh, Mariel. And she was like, you changed my life. And it was awesome. She's like in her 20s now and like is a kiteboarding instructor and lives in Puerto Rico in the winters. And just like you and Reynolds, like, if, you know, introduced me to the ocean. Like we did like how sandbars work. And it was really, you know, really cool stuff. So, yeah, we did that for about three years. And then basically insurance just started crushing us and we, we couldn't, didn't have a way to get certified. So we, we folded the business and moved on. And that's when I, that's when I moved to becoming an outside sales rep because I was like, all right. I need some money here. I need to make some income. Because that's still adventurous, but also slightly more stable. Yeah. And honestly, outside sales rep, you're an independent contractor. Yeah. So, I mean, you make you build your own world there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you make as much money as you want or as little as you want. It's up to you. All right. So, we'll switch it up a little bit. <laughs> What's the dumbest thing you've ever done outside? Oh, man. God, the list is huge. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I do dumb stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um I don't how about, know. How long in the last year? In the last year, I would say I haven't done a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> Outside, maybe. I mean, I have two. You know, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and a six-month-old. So I'd say in the last year, I haven't done anything really super crazy. Um, you kind of start to not, – not that you slow it down. They tamed you a little bit. Yeah, they tamed me, tamed me a little bit. You know, and my neck injury that I had, I've, I've definitely slowed down a little bit. I'd say I'd just look back, honestly, at, like, those high school, college years of, like, when you're doing stuff and you don't even know it's dangerous. And then you, like, reflect back on that and you're like – Oh my God, like how did I not die? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about that. Um, I would say when I lived in Alaska, I remember one night I went kayaking out in the bay and like rode through a rip and like a big outgoing current and like, I didn't know how to roll. I didn't know anything, you know, like how did you, I, if I'd flipped, I would have been dead, you know, for sure. Um, I dro- I've driven cross country alone so many times, like before the cell phones and stuff, you know. 
Yeah, it. I don't know, just stuff like that. Stuff we did growing up and in college, it's staggering how yeah. dangerous it was. Yeah, but even compared to nowadays. But even yeah, now, I, like thinking, thinking back yeah. to like being here in, in Whitefish, you know, yeah. like being a beach kid that moved to the mountains and like mm-hmm. not knowing the mountains. Like I, now that I've been here for six years, I think about like the first winter I was here and like going back in the Canyon, like heavy avalanche terrain. The year, first year I was here was like the biggest snow year we've had mm-hmm. since I've been here. Right. Dude, I was dropping the canyon like every other day with no gear, no nothing, with people that had just been here longer than me that I thought knew what they were doing. But in reality, now that I like know them, I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Was I doing? What was I doing? You know? So like, you know, you just live and learn, and yeah. some people get the bad end of that stick, you know. Sometimes you smash your head. That's a good point. Yeah. Have you ever worked with graphic designers before? Yeah, I work with a graphic designer every day. What do you think of them? What's your advice <laughs> to entrepreneurs who work with graphic designers? <laughs> um, <laughs> from a sales end, like uh, my biggest challenge um, with just graphic design and just with, because I'm a sales guy, right? Like I want it now, you know, like I just need it. Like I have this or this and it's a project that's due like now. And I forget that my graphic designer is like, making the sign that says like welcome and like yeah. doing super basic layout that takes hours yeah. you know and i just they're busy working on that giant welcome arch yeah no we just actually hired another part-time graphic designer which is awesome we're super excited to have her on board and it's going to really help out a lot but yeah i would say the biggest challenge for me working with graphics designers just like I had no idea. Like it's so funny when you're not in that world. You just think that like you can Google like a map and be like, oh, can't you just Google a map and put it in a picture? No, no you can't. No. Not at all. You have to make it. Like everything from scratch. Like I had no idea. Like even to the point of like layout. You know, like we're looking in your office looking at these posters. Like yeah. I had no idea how much work it was to make like an event poster. Oh you yeah. Know? It's crazy. To make one that looks good. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. So I I would say that you know. Um, I would say, you know, from a sales guy, it's just good to know like what the graphic side takes to do. All right. We're going to speed things up here. This is the lightning round, Jason. So answer these quick and we'll, yeah. As fast as you can. We're going to burn through them. All right. I'm going to take a sip of my beer. Yeah. Hydrate. Important. Okay. I think I'm ready. All right. When did you last use an iron? (laughs) Oh my God. Oh man. Um, 10 years ago? So it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, even know I if should, that... I should simulate not on a snowboard. I don't, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I totally thought clothing iron. I would say it's been a very long time. I mean, maybe like once a year at like a trade show or something. But All right, what's your favorite Guilty Pleasure song? Uh, it's probably the... I don't... I'm really bad with the names of songs, but it's definitely a Jimmy World song. I mean, you should... You could sing a little. A couple bars for us. Oh, I'm not good at that either, but... It's... We'll put it in the show notes. I'll, like, send you a link <laughs> to it, and you guys will be like, oh my god, this guy's a tool. But no, it's like this really poppy Jimmy World song. I'll, I'll send you the link or something. Skis or snowboard? Absolute snowboard. Biggest pet peeve? People that are late. I'm like... And I was... I As I've had kids now, I'm late more and more, and I am like punctuality master and yeah having kids changes that a little bit favorite color to wear uh, my favorite color would be green i probably wear gray and black more often though fletcher or naya just kidding <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> those are his kids uh favorite skateboard trick oh 
just a really solid frontside grind. Best snowboard you've ever ridden? Oh, without a doubt, the Burton Trick Pony. Yeah. God, it's the best board ever. Um, yeah, I've ridden some really fun boards, though, like that new board that they have coming out this year, the Skipjack or whatever. It's pretty sick, too. Shout out to your mom. Oh, dude. Um, I did an interview in a surf magazine a long time ago, and 10th Commandment, or 11th Commandment was uh, Call Your Mom. So my mom's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Call your mom. That's your shout out to your mom? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just she's, she's awesome. She might listen to it. She, uh, she's the best. Yeah. My mom's the best. One time, true story, I've actually heard you turn to your mom and say, if you're not, if you're leaning, you're not cleaning. Yeah. If you're leaning, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, what sound does an animal make? Rawr. Very good. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was a good lightning round. What's the raddest thing you did last week? Oh. Uh, we went camping on July 4th in Two Medicine with uh, both Fletcher and Naya. And uh, we had no plans for the 4th of July, right? And we got a text from some friends that said, hey, we pretty much have the best campground at Two Med. And we hadn't taken her fo- her camping yet. She's only six months old. So um, we, we packed up and went over there and pulled it off. And she crushed it, man. She slept great in the tent. We have this massive tent that we got from Target. Pfft, what? Nice. And, uh, and yeah, we camped right on the Two Med River, and I went fishing with Fletcher, and just, it was awesome. Yeah, talk about life changing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably get some very different answers on that one across the board, you know. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds Yeah, right. yeah, life goes in cycles, man. Did you know a lot of the general public thinks, associates like Target and Walmart with the outdoors, and like where to shop with right. the outdoors? What? True story. Really? Yep. We just, we had 50 bucks. We bought this tent for 50 bucks, man. And we just needed a car camping tent that would hold all our junk and like kids. And it's rad. Yeah. Like I'm blown away how good of a tent it is. Like it, it won't, you know, I wouldn't take it backpacking or anything. (laughs) Sick tent. In college, I lived in my friend Josh's yard in a Target tent for a year with Scout, the dog. Scout. Scout action. Like in the winter and everything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, cool. Jason, we, uh, we know you don't own a business, but you're very much in touch with the outdoor industry. So what's your advice to entrepreneurs in the outdoor industry? And, and where do you think that line is where you stop trying to run your own business and decide that working for a company is actually pretty cool? Yeah, I would say that would probably be, you know, the most insight maybe I could give from this standpoint of where I am is like why I chose to go and and work for a company, you know, not because I'm not entrepreneurship just doesn't fit me. Right. Like I dream, I have all these ideas, like, you know, um, you and I, Lisa talk about things and bounce things off. I think I have pretty good ideas, but I'm just not a good, an actor of ideas. Um, so I think to be an entrepreneur takes a pretty specific set of skills. And I think it's, it takes a certain bit of life experience to realize what your strengths and weaknesses are and be like, all right, like, yeah, I have the ability to do this on my own. Cool. Do it. Go for it. If you're successful, right on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any, anything wrong with being like, no, I have these skills that can affect, you know, a bigger, not a bigger situation, but a bigger corporate entity. You know, like we're a small town up there. Like it's crazy. We have a water division, a sewer division, you know, we have, ski patrollers and fire department. I mean, we do roads and trash. I mean, 
cut grass and we, and and we have groomers so we're like a little city up there so i'm like yeah. you know it's it's interesting but as far as like advice uh, i would say like for me some of the biggest lessons are time frames and how long it takes to get things done and budgeting and that's really tough you know um working within tight budgets and um being successful financially it's easy to be to stretch yourself too thin and not be financially viable and to be patient and to make smart financial decisions and i think that's one of the best things the mountain has done you know a lot of people don't realize that that mountain has no debt you know we do everything with cash and we're one of the few ski resorts in the world that has no debt it's crazy so like we're doing putting a million dollars into the sun up this summer that's all money that we have in the bank like it's that's really awesome. cool yeah it's really cool and so you know 15 years ago that wasn't the case and so people have seen a lot of hard times at the resort like oh my gosh like prices have gone up well yeah stuff's expensive man you know those groomers aren't free so yeah, yeah those are expensive very expensive yeah you should get one <laughs> take one out of your property that's right all right i know you've probably got a ton of them but tell us a good adventure story whether it's funny or scary or humbling or bananas or epic or whatever like i mean i'd love to sit here and tell you about like the experiences i had in, in samoa and like all that stuff and surfing is just incredible. But I think honestly, like I was thinking about on the ride over here and I was trying to think about good stories. And I think honestly, the best one would be just a couple years ago after we'd had Fletcher and I went on a, like a four day solo trip into the Bob, like in the spring with Gage dog. And I borrowed, I borrowed scouts backpack. Remember scout your dog back backpack. And, uh, it was way brutal. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was so hard. Like, uh, it rained and snowed and like I just wasn't prepared for it and I remember the first night like sleeping in a fetal bulb in like my sleeping bag just like just brutal you know and uh but it was so good for me like we just had Fletcher and you're going through those like crazy times of like wow why you know my life is changing and we're so lucky here like I mean you can almost see where I was from here right like from your office like just beyond those hills standing on the top of a peak like millions of acres of wilderness and that's good for the soul um but i like could have died you know i think I, didn't i borrow your spot transceiver too no i borrowed that from kelly and yeah. i was back there man it was gnarly but like i yeah. remember gage dog like looked at me and was like dad we should totally do this more often <laughs> you know it's pretty oh, cool gage yeah so that's a good i mean those are good adventure stories but i mean life's full of all those you know so what about the paddleboard race <laughs> 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 so you should probably train if you're gonna try to paddleboard 27 miles on flattered lake that would probably be wise off the couch off the couch otc baby that's how i roll um, that was insane yeah yeah that was insane um that was all about um you know i grew up i grew up surfing i grew up surfing right so this whole paddleboard thing to me is kind of funny um you know, I've just never really been into it, but I'd like to have one. I'd like to do it, but they're super expensive, so I'm not going to buy one. So it was kind of, a, I don't want to say a big sham just to get me to be able to paddleboard for a day, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, but the good part about it was it was it was also the, that was like part of it. The other side of it was, um, you know, it was to raise money for cancer, right, and young adults with cancer, and like who can't get behind that? And uh, really, the motivation was my buddy, his wife, who he just married, died of cancer, and like you know, they're like 20. 24 you know and you're just like dude 
So he actually donated like 500 bucks to my cause. So like while I was thinking about quitting, you know, like as, a, as like the headwinds are blowing in my face, I'm just thinking about Joel. See, when this flow just comes. I was thinking about Joel and like about, you know, his loss and what he was going through at the time. And I'm like, whatever, dude, just keep paddling. But the funny thing about that was, right, is that's like a 27-mile paddle. And I was talking to this dude, Eric Gelbke, like super good paddler the night before. I'm like, dude, what if the wind's in our faces? He's like, it's going to be, bro. I'm like, really? <laughs> He's like, Flathead Lake, it blows that way every day for like four hours. I'm like, oh, okay. But he gave me some good pointers like, hey, just keep paddling and it'll stop. And, you know, I remember paddling for like two hours and like wasn't moving. And then the wind stopped and I started paddling. Oh. Sounds brutal. But yeah, it took me like nine hours. How do your hands look after that? Oh, they're total, just blistered, <laughs> totally done. They didn't ever, they didn't ever have that race again. They canceled that I think because they were like, they saw you coming. <laughs> <off> the <laughs> yeah. like, Fuck this well, race. well, it's they like didn't, they, you know, they didn't have any like cutoffs, you know, like in a marathon where they like have cutoffs, you know, like if you don't make the checkpoint, you're like done. They didn't have that, right? So they had like boaters on the lake to like keep us safe. So those poor boaters were like <laughs> waiting for they had to me. Go back and cast They're like waiting for me just forever. Like, dude, where is that guy? You know, because the other people were done like three hours ahead of me. But. That's rad that you grinded it out. Yeah, it was cool. I was That's sitting cool. there with Abby. Oh, yeah, friend, you were there. You know, I was, like, yeah. sitting there with Abby forever. She's like, no, nah, it's cool. Yeah, she knew. Yeah, she, she was like, she it's got cool. It. He's fine. Yeah. He's going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a weird threshold for pain like that for some reason. Yeah. I wouldn't go do it tomorrow, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the... I was talking to uh, my buddy Keith the other day. He's like, hey, have you been paddling much? I was like, I think I paddled, like, three times since I did that. It's like, whoa. It was, like, two years ago. Well, yeah, that was a lot. That was like enough paddling for yeah, like check. many good. years. Yeah, you good. Yeah. Did I tell you about when I was looking at the logo on the board and it said like stand up surfing or something on it? And I was like, this is not. I was screaming like at the top of my lungs, like I'm like cuss here, but this is not fucking stand up surfing. Like I'm paddling. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like this is totally just kayaking without sitting down. <laughs> Why would anybody want to do this? It's so stupid. It's like Nordic surfing. Totally. No, it's rad. It's a cool sport. I get it. I actually want one now because like I want to go out on the lake with Fletcher and stuff. Like I want one. I do want one. I think it's great exercise, but it's not surfing people on the lake. <laughs> All right. So in addition to your job up on the hill, mm -hmm. you recently started writing for thisweekwhitefish.com. How did mm -hmm. that come about? And like, have you done a lot of writing before? Is this totally new venture? Give us a little background. Yeah, um, no, I love writing. I absolutely love to write. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, Maya Angelou has a quote about, like, if to, to be a writer, just read, you know? Like, and that's what I read. I've read voraciously, like, my whole life, like, just have been a reader. Um, so writing, I think, comes a little bit naturally to me, and I've just always been into it. Um, you know, I started journaling like way back in the day, back when I was in Alaska. I have journals from back then. I probably didn't journal through college much, just because you're busy. And then uh, started journaling and writing again um, during those winters in Samoa. And I actually had some really cool stuff come out of that experience. Like I uh, had some articles in like some surf magazines and stuff, and it was really cool. Um, so I just always wrote, and then that, that the blog that we had for a few years when we first moved out here um, was really cool, and it was a good outlet for me. And then um, pretty much I, I do a lot of 
pen and paper stuff too and nobody ever sees that but I also know that like my kids I, th- I actually think about this like my kids are not gonna see like my Instagram post you know like they're not gonna Fletcher and Naya when they're like 50 aren't gonna like stumble on my Instagram feed and be like oh my god this is rad my dad's so cool but they are gonna have like my journals from like way like before yeah. Abby and, mm-hmm. be, and they're gonna like be able to read about like well, my dad went through the same things, like trying to find a girl and like struggles and like, they're going to have all that and I want them to read it all, you know, and it's cool. Um, so yeah, so, uh, I was lucky enough to be a part of the native eyewear, um, writers thing a few years ago. Um, and I applied for that and, uh, that was a crazy experience, you know, just a catalyst for like forcing me to like do some writing, like within some parameters. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, my buddy Matt that uh, has the blog, you know, post through the, the paper here, This Week Whitefish, basically approached me and said, man, you want to go out and do some cool stuff and write about it? And, you know, I've got a budget and we'll give you some money for it. And uh, it's been really cool because I can honestly say for the last three years, I've been like, I need to write more. I need to write more. And I just don't because I don't have time or, you know, your kid's job, whatever. So this has forced me. Like he wrote me today. He's like, hey, I need a Thursday Night Race League article by next Thursday. So it's like, cool. Like, all right, I got to do that. Not going to do it tonight because we're doing this, but maybe tomorrow night, like, I need to sit down and write an article about Thursday Night Race League, you know? So it's been, it's been a cool catalyst. It's been fun. Nice. So people can find that at thisweekwhitefish.com, right? Yeah, thisweekwhitefish.com, and you got to click on, like, the things to do thing. They haven't done a really good job of, like, getting a direct link to, like, updated stuff, but I think they're working on that. Cool. We'll put all these links in the show notes. And if you want to see the evolution of Jason's writing over the years, make sure to check out <laughs> jasonabbyforest.blogspot.com. Link in the show notes for the spelling. Yeah. yeah. I-, I can send you some other stuff too. <laughs> stuff. Nice. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps up episode three of Outside by Design. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, thank you for being energetic and stoked as always. And uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. You guys have a beautiful space here. It's beautiful views. It's pretty, pretty lucky.